all set woo i'm also sick if you can't tell (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) no oh no sick voice i know i have sick voice although i was gonna say shadow's been so good at trying to help me he's been like cuddling up with me and like even right now he's well he's a little bit swatting at me but he's just been such a good little sick buddy Aw, little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Do you know you can't get human illnesses? Well, you probably can get some, but I don't think you can get my cold. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? Chuni, no. (laughs) Oh, Chuni, what are you doing, bud? No, it's my fault. I got him one of those really... Um, obnoxious like ball toys you know where it's like the ball in like a big circle thing and they can just like bat it around and it's on like a track oh yep we've got a triple layered one of those okay perfect (laughs) yeah I (laughs) couldn't decide between the single layer or triple layer one but the single layer one had a place to put catnip in the middle (laughs) oh that's smart yeah so I got that one but it's like so fucking loud (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's funny how loud some of the toys can be. Like, some of them are just, like, you'll look over and not even know that they're playing. Like, we have this one, um, uh, actually, a little bit sponsored fun thing. I got a big box from um, Litterbox brand. And they do this really fun, like, cat box that I posted about. But they have there was this one thing in it called a hemp tail. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that, oh, my God. They fucking love so much. And, like, but it, they're so silent. They just do the little, like, rabbit kick thing with it. So, like, oh. you'll look over and be like, oh, my God, you're destroying that thing. And I had no idea. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, yeah, meanwhile, like, oh, my gosh, the things that make noise are just, you yeah. get to know them quite intimately. <laughs> yeah. Anything made of plastic with my hardwood floors. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Nice and noisy. <laughs> Oh, Shadow's licking my hand. What a good boy. That's nice. Thank you, Shadow. Turning now. <laughs> Actually, speaking of cats with colds, um, I think I probably told this story on the video that I posted when I interviewed, interviewed is a relative term, when I had my friend Cricket over and we drank wine and talked about her, when she adopted her cat. Oh, uh-huh. Um, but it was so cute and sad and funny when we first opened we like looked at all these other cats and of course the one that she ended up adopting was like the last one that we found that was like met all of her criteria mm-hmm. and um oh my gosh it was so cute we like the volunteer opened the the like unlocked the, the little you know in I don't want to say cage but I guess it's kind of a cage but they were like the big you know wall style like shelter cages for animal for um cats and so he opened it and this cute little his name's Raphael he is like the cutest little black kitty and he like was little like really scared he was like kind of flitting all around but he clearly really wanted to come up and get 
like pets and like mm-hmm. be loved and whatever. So he like sprung out and then instantly sneezed and all of the <laughs> snot just came out of his nose. Ew. And it was as if you could see on his face him being like, oh no, I blew my big chance. Because then he like, you could see his little tongue start going. He was trying to like lick it all off. Yeah. <laughs> It was so funny, but so sad, but it ended up being fine. She adopted him, and then he was already, like, halfway through a um, a little, like, antibiotic treatment or, you know, whatever it is that uh-huh. gets the little, like, kennel cold to go away. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, apparently he had a little cold. <laughs> Lots of snot. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. <laughs> Ew, kitty boogers. Ew, kitty boogers. Oh, man. Well, welcome to Paranormal Captivity, everyone. Yeah. Um, apologies, as always, for my delinquency in posting. Although I realized it was almost exactly a week, you know, like two weeks after, like to the day. I don't need to say all of this. This is nonsense. No but one <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> um, but yeah, sorry for my delinquency. But yeah, we're trying to make it as no longer than every other week but we're hoping to be better next year yeah we're hoping to be better at a lot of things next year (laughs) (laughs) that's true we have a whole plan for sound we've got some different plans for a kesha christmas card (laughs) i'll just leave it at that well uh yeah well we'll hopefully have a a little blasty blast in 2020 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. I also want to say real quick, sorry, I feel like I'm just ranting nonstop about everything. Um, I am so excited because I think, oh God, that was so loud. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that was like really good timing. <laughs> I think. Um, okay. I do remember where I left off because I, I have been so excited to tell you that I just saw Knives Out, the new movie with Chris Evans. And, like, a lot of other people. Uh-huh. Have you seen the trailer for that yet? Uh-uh. Okay. I it don't. Is... I am very unconnected from everything because I still don't have internet. <laughs> I, I do know this, and I do know that even with internet, you're still pretty unconnected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. I think it's more that I don't have TV, and so I don't get commercials. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be it. Because I, yeah, I started seeing the trailers and, like, you know, Hulu ads and whatever else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, It is a straight mystery. And I, so John and I went to see it. It's so good. This is not sponsored by any way, shape, or form. Um, <laughs> but I just need to put it out there that I think mysteries are kind of making a comeback. And I'm so yeah. excited about it. Woo! Does it have cats in it? No, but it does have some really great dogs and some really good, like, Chris Evans tweeting about how much he loved the dogs on set. <laughs> <laughs> so there is that. Okay. Yeah, that's that's fair. Isn't there, like, a thing with Chris Evans being compared to a golden retriever? Oh, yes. There is definitely that. There's also him. Um, I think he has a dog himself, and so he, like, will post pictures of the dog, and everyone's like, oh, to be Chris Evans' dog. <laughs> I mean, to be any famous person's pet ever, honestly. I mean, true. True that. The biggest thing, though, that I will say, this is no spoiler in any way, shape, or form, um, it's just really cool. So the movie's actually set in, like, it's not quite winter time because it came out 
on um, Thanksgiving weekend. And so it's like my friend actually cricket actually before she's out before me. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it's so rare. You see such a fall movie. Like usually time frame is just kind of like either undetermined or like everyone's just wearing whatever. But uh-huh. she was like, Oh my God, everyone in this is wearing the most amazing like sweaters and peacoats and hats and scarves. And like, it's just so like fall aesthetic. But I will also say the internet is losing its collective damn mind about Chris Evans in a sweater specifically. <laughs> oh, a sexy sweater. Oh, it's, a, I mean, it's a normal sweater, but it's mostly the person in the sweater. <laughs> it's sexy on Chris Evans. Yeah. <laughs> it's just because like Chris Evans is sexy. Yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Um, nice. but yeah, it's great. I think mysteries are coming back, nice. and and fall sweaters are making a comeback. Oh, fall sweaters! I know. I was like, guys, the peacoats are just as good as the sweaters in this. Yeah, um, for sure. And also, if you want some like really good peacoat fashion, you should get into K dramas. Oh yeah, yeah. Is it always fall there? <laughs> it's always somewhat wintry (laughs) oh all right I like that yeah just some just some good old-fashioned like really fashionable coats those Koreans know what they're doing oh all right all right gotta love a (laughs) Korean peacoat yeah have to check it out also I just realized the the segue we should make into the book is that it is not fall or winter (laughs) (laughs) sorry I cracked myself up so much I had to cough. <laughs> Sick life. <laughs> Sick life over the dumbest joke ever. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even really a joke. It wasn't even anything. <laughs> I will say, I don't know if this will happen today, but the other day I was so sick and so miserable that John, John was like, I know this isn't the right answer, but do you want to go out and get Froyo? Like, you seem so upset, like, so sad. And I was like, you're right. That's, that's not the right answer. Always I'm gonna the right do answer. <laughs> yeah. So we went. And on the way, oh, my God, I was just apparently so out of it that, like, as we were talking, I just kept saying the stupidest shit where, like, I apparently tried to say in memoriam, like, for someone who has passed I said in memorandum and stuck with it for quite some time and John was like what are you saying and then what was the other one? Oh, the other one was pretty funny too there was a um we went to Menchie's which is mm. not our first choice but also great but the yogurt land left the area where is that's like the one that was close to our house so oh, we um but Menchie's was doing like a winter promo and so on the spoons it said snow it said snow one like you and I looked at it and I was like John that's so stupid that's nobody likes you and he was like what are you saying (laughs) he was like no there's snow one like you it's a pun he was like it's a play on words there is snow one like you it's complimentary I was like why is the spoon being so mean to me (laughs) I was like nobody likes you and he was like what are you even saying okay well so that's where if you want to know where my head's at (laughs) sick brain sick brain that's okay one time I saw a shirt that said catholic on it and I I thought it said 
cataholic. <laughs> I mean, I like that a lot better than Catholic. <laughs> cataholic. <laughs> oh, God. Just a rosary bead full of cat beads. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> oh, my God. We're insane. <laughs> Uh, have we already done a welcome? We, I think we did. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to Paranormal Captivity again, where we have lost our damn minds. <laughs> where we're dumb. <laughs> where we are dumb. The toxoplasmosis has gotten to us. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. Um, so yeah, guys. Oh my god, Shadow is so cute and just like stretched out entirely on top of me and is like holding my hand. Oh. Buddy. Wow, he's such a good little guy. Good little guy. Oh, bud. Um, but yeah, so we are still so excited to be in the cozy mysteries. Back to it from our our uh, little side trip to Maine and into the horror, the horror world of Maine. Yes. Um, but yeah, so we are still reading the cat who came <laughs> to breakfast. Oh my god, because we read. <laughs> for a second I was like when did Quillerin go to Maine (laughs) Uh, oh my god can we for a second sorry I feel like I keep derailing us so hard can we for a second imagine what Pet Cemetery would be like if fucking Quillerin was the main character instead of Lewis oh no which one would have died oh no oh right which cat yeah Ooh, yeah that's not the fun part to think about yeah, the fun part because... to think about is if he would be dumb enough to to plant to... someone in the burying ground yeah also can we imagine coco coming back as a demon zombie cat oh my god you know we were trying to shift this a little bit into christmas but somehow we keep making it <laughs> halloween <laughs> bring it back bring it Mostly back we... yeah i mean it's it's not fun to think of either of them dying but like coming back as an evil zombie cat I feel like Coco could wreak some havoc we wouldn't even need to kill off a kid oh no absolutely not Coco would 100% be the villain actually that's true it would maybe maybe be both of them that are zombie cats and then Yum Yum would kind of be funny as a zombie cat just like trying to sit in his lap you know yeah she would be like the the comic relief of it kind of as the like clumsy one but uh-huh. then Co- Coco, I feel like, would have brought the, like, demon spirit back with him. Yes, 100%. He would be the Wendigo. Yeah, absolutely. He would, like, take down the Wendigo and be the, like, keeper of the graveyard himself. Oh, my God. That's probably right. Yeah. Someone write a fanfic for us. <laughs> oh, my God. Someone write the Cat Who Pet Cemetery crossover fanfic for us. <laughs> it's very specific. <laughs> yes oh my god um but yeah also apologies because I feel like I actually said I realized I had posted everything for our last episode and then I went back and I was like something looks off about that title I had everywhere posted it as the cat who went to breakfast it's the cat who came to breakfast (laughs) and that's my bad (laughs) apologies yeah The cats left us behind. They just went to breakfast themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They just went there. We're off on the, the shore watching them uh, drive off in their boat. Yeah. Um, 
so we read what was it chapters uh seven through nine up until ten um i don't remember (laughs) (laughs) i think we read through ten Oh, no, I didn't finish 10. Did I? No, up until 10. You're right. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah, wait, hang on. I was like, uh uh-oh. No, through nine. I think we started at six, though. I think it was one through five and then six through, not, no. One through four and then five through nine. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And we last time promised you some... uh, some mundane cliffhangers <laughs> <laughs> did we <laughs> we did yeah at the end we were like what can we cliffhanger on because we had read like a chapter in because we had tried or a couple chapters in to try to like record the two episodes uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, I, think, I think I had read the whole second part oh you had I hadn't yet <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay great but I think we cliffhangered with um yeah what was it well, we can tell it all now. Yeah. <laughs> is the way of getting around that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we did leave Quiller in. Where did we leave him? We left him. He had just had. Well, Breakfast? he had. Oh, a... uh, well, that would be very <laughs> on point. <laughs> yeah, I'm just guessing here because I really don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember where we left it off. I remember right where we picked it up, which was. You know, we should, this is another one that we could tell in, like, kind of any order, because a lot of things, it was another one of those sections where, like, a lot of things happen, and the time frame doesn't really matter. Uh-huh. Because there also was a lot of going back and forth. Like, he went back to the Happy Vacationer, that little, uh, like, general store type place, like, mm-hmm. three or four different times for different errands. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I will say, this section does start with it raining. So everyone's unhappy. <laughs> yes. Oh, and it also starts. Sorry, I'm going back and reading. So her lame cliffhanger was Quiller and just found out that um, what's her name? Who we don't like. Oh yeah, yeah. I still forget her name. Yeah, me too. Jane, someone. Sure. June. June Halliburton. Oh, good work. Yes, I read that. I didn't remember. Oh. <laughs> I didn't think you did, but you didn't have to cop to it. <laughs> okay, great. Um, we just found out that she had stayed in Quillern's room beforehand, so he immediately oh. hurried back from dinner to his apartment, his little uh, bungalow-style place room, and, like, stripped everything and was like, get it out. Yeah, it was so. a very dramatic pile of bed linens. <laughs> yeah, so that was, I mean... That was it. I spoiled the cliffhanger. (laughs) (laughs) Cliffhanger hung. (laughs) Cliffhanger hung. He went back to do something dramatic and he just stripped all of the fabrics out of his room. (laughs) Yeah. And we also don't get more, we don't, we only get like a slight other peek into what's going on with June Halliburton this episode or this section because um, later in the chapter we get what a piano being delivered, I think, to the. Um, yeah, I keep waiting for her to be like a big part of this, but it's really just Quillerin complaining about her being on the island. She's not actually doing anything. Yeah, she's. I don't know that she's even there yet, or if she's there, he hasn't run into her yet. But I think that maybe. Well, he the- keeps seeing her, but I don't think they've talked. Or actually, no, she 
does she show up? I don't I, think so. She doesn't? Okay. I, I did read, like, a chapter or two past this section, but oh. it was also several days slash maybe, like, a week or two ago, so I really don't remember <laughs> what Fair. happened. I think she does show up and on his doorstep at some point to, like, invite him out for coffee or something, but... Yeah, and, like, up until this point, I don't think we see, well, we see her, like, from afar, but I don't think we encounter her. No, and I think the dropping off of the piano is supposed to signify, like, oh, no, she's staying in the cottage next to me Mm -hmm. type situation. But, yeah, I think that's all we get in this section up until 10. Yeah. Um, So that, we can early cliffhang that. Yeah. Shadow just like reached up and bit me. <laughs> oh no. You little monster. Um, yeah, so some of the other things that this sep- section starts with um, there's a lot of Quillerin eating at the XYZ, the Grand Resort. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of him kind of sleuthing around trying to get some more information on, um, if you'll remember, if we'll remember from last mm-hmm. time. There were a couple incidents that happened. Ow, Shadow, stop it. Shadow doesn't like the incidents that have happened. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, So one person died in a boat explosion. Um, A bunch of people got food poisoned. Um, Some, an old, older gentleman fell through some stairs at the Domino Inn, which was Uh different than where the boat and the food poisoning happened. Um, but all of these things started happening and Quillard has been very suspicious. So he's been looking into them, um, and not making any friends doing it. In fact, he quickly alienates the bartender he became friends with. Yeah, no, that's true. He didn't do very well with that, but this chapter, he does send some, send some sleuthing vibes around, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> <laughs> he does share the burden of his sleuthing because that's one of the first things actually in this section yeah. is Derek. Derek. Yeah. Where was he a waiter before? I think he is um, or was or still is. Who knows? A waiter at the. Yeah, the Old Stone Milk because he always shows up there. And I feel like he's been in other books before. And we've kind of, like, ignored him as a character because he's never been important. <laughs> yeah, he's just, like, someone that all the main characters have, like, throwaway lines about. Like, they all have, like, yeah. weirdly strong opinions about his, like... Doofiness? Like, yeah, like, how smart he is, or if he's a good actor, or if he's gonna make anything of himself. And it's, like, this Wait, kid has been, like... No- <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, like, just fodder for everyone until now. And yeah, like we said last time, this is like a park of pink sunsets all over again because Quillerin, um, when he goes out to dinner with Don Exbridge, the ex of XYZ Enterprises, but also, wait, no, is it Don Exbridge? No, I think it's his friend who works for Don Exbridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, yeah, 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 because they were talking about Don and um, they have kind of a, a back and forth about um oh because he Quillerin at the end of last this is another thing that just happened at the end of last chapter or last section Quillerin had just had that conversation with Harriet from the cafe she was one of the native islanders um as it is termed by LJB 
And she is the one who tells him that Pirate Town is not what their their local town is called. It's Providence Village. Mm-hmm. And she also unleashes this whole mystery about two men who were uh, killed. I think that's sure. Later in this chapter or this section. Is it? Isn't it? No, I think it's right at the end of last section. Oh, you know what? No, you're right. Sorry. I think I was thinking six through. I think I recapped six through ten uh, instead of five through ten. Okay, uh, maybe that was in five. Ooh, yeah, sorry. I think. I think. Okay. It's, yeah, I think it's later in this section though, because I don't think we talked about it last section. No, you're right. But I think it's before that that dinner that he has where he meets Derek because that was a part of his conversation with his friend who works for Don Exbridge was like, well, you know, they don't actually call it pirate town and you guys would do good to like tone down the pirate theme because it makes them really mad. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like he even brings up the lighthouse mystery. Oh, because there was that whole thread. So Harriet who, sorry, we should, go back and introduce so Harriet is a local business owner she owns this cafe that that Lori and Nick Bomba have recommended to Quillerin and um she's also kind of like a local historian kind of like she has a lot of local lore and um knowledge and so Quillerin goes and has coffee there which he like makes fun of how strong the coffee is apparently almost kills him Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's fine (laughs) yeah Um, And then she starts really kind of strongly telling him about how, like, the group of people that have always, you know, have lived on the island for a lot longer, have felt really marginalized by first the rich people that came in and now XYZ Enterprises. And they've also been really misunderstood because the pirate thing is apparently just total hogwash. I think we mentioned that a, a little bit before when we were talking about Providence Village versus pirate town in last episode um but she also brings up the fact that she's also mad about the fact that people on the mainland of like over in like the pickaxe area have been selling treasure maps like they've gone even as far as to be Uh like yes pirates were there and these are actual treasure maps and so like that kind of i think goes into the whole theme of like inexperienced boaters and like people keep saying that the the boat that blew up was just an inexperienced boater. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, that's kind of factoring into that, where, like, randos are just getting on random boats and being like, yes, I can sail a boat. And it's like, well, you probably can't, but it's fine. And I think Quillerin mentions that to his friend. That sounds right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am flipping through chapter five and six, though, and we did miss quite a lot before. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) But none of it's, like, that important, you know? But, like, some of it could be potentially important. Oh, yeah. You know? (laughs) You never know. (laughs) You never know. Yeah, like, um, so in chapter five, we get, like, the, the whole breakfast scene where he comes down and eats uh, Lori Bamba's breakfast that she made herself, which was apparently delicious and wonderful. And he had one of each. <laughs> oh, yeah. One of each dishes. But she she goes on this, like, little, like, rant about how, you know, she, like, 
wants to only hire like employ the locals to give them like job opportunities but they tend to be like a little unreliable so like i don't know that could be like a little remark that comes back later oh that's true yeah you know and then uh she talks about her resident cats about like and their cats and then the stray cats and Quillerin actually has like a little run-in with the stray cats in the middle of the night. Oh yeah, that's right. Where like there's a whole ruckus and it's because there's like a bunch of stray cats milling about his bungalow and his cats are like having a fit about it. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um and then at some point during chapter five, he actually takes himself down to go visit the lighthouse. So that is before he even hears Harriet's tale. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Yes, I recapped way too late. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, I wasn't even at the point of remembering any of this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so Quillerin takes himself down to the lighthouse, I guess on, like, one of his first wanderings around the island. And, like, he sees a bunch of, like, driveways of houses and, like, I don't, I don't remember what part of the island this is in, but it's maybe in the, like, ritzier area. Yeah, I wasn't really sure, but it is close enough that didn't he walk to Harriet's Cafe afterwards? So I wonder if it's near the main boardwalk area. Yeah, I think so. And there's like a little plaque that says, you know, in memory of the light keepers who lost their lives in the line of duty. Um, oh, right. It comes back later because um, Harriet tells a story about those particular lighthousemen. Yes. Yes. And there was something... Oh, and Quillerin made a note to ask Homer about it. Oh, right. Homer. Homer Homer Tibbet. Yeah, which he didn't have to do because he asked Harriet about it. Yeah, he found another local word of mouth historian. Found another, yeah, found another person. Yeah, and then, oh, another little tidbit that I was like, this could be nothing or it could be very important. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, apparently he came back and Yum Yum was like batting something around and he, oh, yeah. he looked down and she had like pulled out like rusty nails from the floor. Ooh, that's right. I know. And so he was, he got him thinking about like the rusty nails in the staircase of the Domino Inn and about the guy who had like fallen through the stairs and gotten hurt. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's right. That probably is important. Yeah, so, like, that could be, I feel like that could be explained away. Like, maybe the other things, like the boat explosion and the food poisoning and the drowning, like, maybe all of those things could be connected. But then, like, maybe down the line, it'll come out that, like, oh, the Domino Inn just was, you know, like, poorly, poorly monitored, poorly evaluated by the inspector. And he was just, like, doing a rush job and, like... It really didn't have sound stairs. So, like, maybe it wasn't sabotage. Maybe it just was, like, a shitty inspector. Yeah, which Lori, I think, says, right? Lori, mm-hmm. what Lori thinks it could be. Yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling because we are... Clearly, LJB loves Lori and Nick 
enough mm-hmm. as characters. I don't think they're going to be, I don't think anything necessarily, yeah, I don't think they're going to be like the bad, like any kind of villain, or I don't think anything necessarily too bad is going to happen to them unless it's going to be something like just the inn has to close and they go back to pickaxe so that Quillaren can see them more often again, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, they'll probably be back in pickaxe in the winter months anyway. Oh, that's true. Yeah, this is only just summer right now. Which, fun little flipperoo here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, the whole time I've been thinking, oh, you know, it's so it's such a bummer we're not, you know, doing something more winter themed or, you know, Christmassy. But I was just in New Zealand, which is summer right now. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. Yeah. So it ties to something in my life, so it's important. <laughs> there. So there. So there. Um, also, I feel like, do you remember last Christmas when we were like, let's read a Christmas book, and then it ended up not having animals in it? <laughs> yeah, we definitely feel like we need to be more picky and choosy about, you know, when we go outside <laughs> of the cat who, because there just is such a fine line between includes animals and maybe makes an appearance a cat makes an appearance versus cat sleuths trying to talk to mustached human <laughs> yes both no. um but also I feel like we chose that book and then like a, a couple weeks into it I realized that one of the cat who books was like set at Christmas time do you remember which book that was I do not I also do not <laughs> we'll come upon it in July. <laughs> I feel like something tells me it's the something cheese. Cat is who, it the cat who ate cheese? That one's cat, really soon. Cat who ate cheese. I feel like it is because I've had that one in my bookshelf for like forever. Oh, <laughs> it was like okay. One of the first ones that I found in my free bookstore. Yeah, actually, that was one of the first ones that I had too. Oh, well, look at that. Look at us yeah. go. Can't wait Mark. for that one. Mark. Mark, Mark, Mark. Um, so what else? So are we through with all of the stuff I forgot yet? <laughs> uh, no. No! <laughs> um, because next we actually meet the guy who got injured in the staircase incident. Oh, right. Him and his wife. And the vicar. What? The vicar. I don't know what that is. Isn't he like a, I feel like they they keep saying that a vicar, like a priest. He is a priest of okay. sort. He's like a, a religious figure, but I don't know what a vicar is. He's a vicar, you know. <laughs> oh, you know. You a know vicar. those vicars, how they do. A, a vicar's a vicar. You know, <laughs> vicar vicks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then, yeah. Yeah, he's for sure. He fix. <laughs> and he fix well. <laughs> oh, God, we've lost our minds. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, he does um, tell some jokes about the uh, the bishop, the, the archbishop. Oh, yeah, I forgot he, all about that. Yeah, he tells a joke about the the bishop and it involves a cat and he cracks himself up and it's oh my god that's right (laughs) (laughs) 
Something about a, a cat spilling Bloody Marys on the bishop. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, my God. Yeah, there was something about, like, yeah, exactly. It was, like, alcohol involved, too, and then the cat, like, spilled it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Yes. And his cat uh, was called Holy Terror, which I also think is funny. <laughs> that is really funny. HT. HT. Um, yes. So Quillerin spends a, a little bit of time there and he gets suckered into playing dominoes with the guy, even though yeah. Quillerin hates dominoes. And this is the segue into, I remember this now, this is the segue into when he goes to meet Harry, Harriet? Oh yeah, Harriet, yeah. Harriet, because yeah, he gets suckered into playing dominoes and he hates dominoes. He's been like avoiding it this whole time. And he like finally sits down to play and he immediately starts craving ice cream, which is his sign that he's bored. (laughs) And so immediately after his game of dominoes, he goes to get some chocolate ice cream at... The cafe which is where he meets Harriet that is right oh my gosh and yeah now, so now you can tell your story <laughs> oh man I feel like I already did didn't I already spoil all of that no I don't think you actually talked about the the lighthouse incident oh okay so some of the little bits and pieces of info we get from Harriet she mostly is she's a very strong woman she's very um like direct and in the way that like there are some stereotypes about the like the community of people that have already lived on um the island island for a long time um she kind of comes up with some of the more like realistic looks at what that community looks like where she herself says like they don't cry they're very hard like hard exterior type people and like even she is like I don't like kind of proves she doesn't she's like we don't really have a sense of humor like that kind of thing that comes up a little bit later too and so she kind of talks very directly with Quiller and about like we like the pirate thing is just stupid nonsense like that's not provable at all and she's the one that this is the point where Quiller finds out that pirate town that he has been told is what the local town is called it is not called pirate town well it's called pirate town by as Quillard even says later, ignorant outsiders. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, instead it's Providence Village, which goes along with Providence Island, which is what the locals call the island itself. We also get uh, the information about the maps. She's really mad that people are selling maps to the treasure, you know, nonsense, all that. So that people are coming over, it's like causing a ruckus when people from the from you know the mainland are coming over and looking for some non-existent treasure, and people are just like making money on these dumb maps. And then I think she also brings up the mystery of the lighthouse too, right? Yeah, she does. It's kind of like the main her her like main mystery that Quillerin gathers from from the her talking to her. So yeah, she talks, she like starts off a little bit about like, about like living on the island. It's like a little, a little behind the times, like people don't necessarily, I mean, I don't know about this generation, but in like previous generations as frequently or as recently as like her grandfather, great grandfather, 
Um, it was kind of like, you know, one room schoolhouses type of situation. Like not everyone in the community could read and write. Like everything was just like a little bit behind no like electricity or plumbing. And, you know, everyone kind of just like hunted and kind of lived on their own and kind of like survived off the land. But they did have a lighthouse there and the the mainlanders would send lighthouse keepers over because I guess they they didn't really trust the locals. Um, oh, that's right. To, to man the lighthouse because, you know, not all of them had the like the same educational opportunities as like the people on the mainland. So they I think there were like three or so lighthouse keepers and Harriet said that there was a night that her great grandfather who was sort of like a leader in the community he woke up one night and noticed that there wasn't like the lighthouse wasn't on lighthouse <laughs> it, it wasn't lit <laughs> um, not great <laughs> not, yeah not great the light was uh off so he went over to check it out and, you know, climbed the fence and uh, the door to the lighthouse itself was locked. So he couldn't go in to like light or turn it on or I don't know how lighthouses work. <laughs> I think it was still like a fire type situation because it sounded like there wasn't like this was a great grandfather. So yeah. it might have been like a while ago. But yeah, according to him, the gate or the lighthouse keeper's, like, housing door was, like, wide open, but the lighthouse door was locked. So he just kind of, like, went back home and was like, well, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what happened or what to do. So, like, that was that was kind of, like, his experience with that. But then the, you know, the mainlanders came over because they also noticed that the lighthouse was not functioning and apparently there was like kind of like a like a like a rampage like a manhunt type situation where they like scoured people's yards and like houses and to find the missing lighthouse keepers and it sounded like Harriet's great-grandfather was like thrown under the bus because the mainlanders didn't like him because he was like a community leader and they didn't trust him but yeah the the lighthouse keepers were never found and that was just like a mystery that continues to this day so that's when she mentioned um the maps actually because Quillerin was like oh this is gonna make a great story in the paper and she was like no 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 no, absolutely not you can't publish this like the people on the mainland believe like the dumbest things about us like they think there's pirates here like they even sell maps to treasure and they come and they like destroy our island looking for this non-existent treasure like if you publish this story they're gonna publish or they're gonna like start selling maps and people are gonna come looking for like mass graves of lighthouse keepers you know like they're gonna come and destroy our island to find the bodies right and it was also too that thing yeah that you were saying too of like this was another way that the local people who are were local to the island felt alienated and kind of persecuted by the mainlanders because mm-hmm. it did seem right that her great her ancestor had been kind of you know fingered for this like mm-hmm. 
in a very, you know, seemingly at least so far unfair way. And I would assume unfair way. And that it kind of was like, they're right. She starts explaining like, there's no trust between as like the, the locals like will work for, you know, do these jobs for the mainlanders because they bring in jobs, but Mm -hmm. that, yeah, a lot of times there's no trust in any way, shape or form. And that a lot of times the people local to the Island are, right just throw like yeah like you said thrown under the bus the first chance they get and that the idea that they were involved somehow in the lighthouse keeper's disappearance hasn't really ever let up it sounds Mm -hmm. like and Quillerin's still even I mean granted he's you know doing his rational thing of like trying to find the actual answer but like he hasn't even given that quite up yet either he's like well there's a lot of discontent could that have caused some local islander to lash out at these lighthouse keepers because they had these jobs that they wanted but i think even he's like i don't think that's it i think there's more to it mm-hmm. <laughs> which we will come to find hopefully yeah. but we don't in this chapter so we will, yeah we will see but we haven't yet <laughs> yeah <laughs> so hopefully we'll get there yeah and then that's when Derek comes in Yeah, so the next couple of days have been, like, super stormy. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so it starts, like, downpouring, I think, the the next day, and Quillerin has a hard time sleeping because the, like, alarm keeps going, the, like, island alarm keeps going off. Oh, yeah, the big, like, foghorn? Yeah. Isn't it, like, Uh, attached to the lighthouse? It's, like, part of the lighthouse that's going off, right? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Maybe. I again, I don't know how lighthouses work. <laughs> oh, fair. But that would, that I do. <laughs> yeah, no, that would make sense. Like, if it was too stormy for boats to see the light, it would make sense for there to be a noise version of light. A right. noise version of light. <laughs> yes, well put. <laughs> That's almost just nobody likes you <laughs> proportion. <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, that's right. It's like so rainy and we get probably like, I mean, I could maybe count three full scenes, maybe four of Quillerin just like attempting to maintain sanity while he's like cramped in this tiny little cottage with cats who are also trying to maintain their sanity. Mm-hmm. Um they do everything. I think this is where they start, like, he does, like, they list everything that he does. He, like, writes a column, he has his breakfast, he takes a nap, he reads to the cats. Mm-hmm. He also starts a trend that may or may not have some meaning later, where he starts playing dominoes with Coco. Yeah. And Coco beats him twice. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he also meets an old lady tells him to take a banana at breakfast. Oh, yeah. That apparently becomes a thing later. (laughs) I know. It was, like, not a bit. She was just like, you should take a banana, like, as he was taking two apples, and he was like, well, yeah, I'll take a banana. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but apparently she is potentially an important character, and we hear more about her later on. And it's also, Um, I think it's that we, in these rainy day scenes, we do also get in these rainy day scenes is it the I think it's the vicars the vicar and his wife right that are the ones that it turns out so he's still staying there because he is the 
Domino Inn is paying for his medical bills and they're giving him housing while he heals. Mm-hmm. And so they're just kind of putzing around. But then I think it's them that are the couple that are like, oh yeah, we, we come here a lot. We actually used to live on one of the Grand Island Club, the Millionaires, one of their estates for a summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And so we get a little bit of insight there that kind of factors in a little bit later to the near-death experience that we teased last time, too. Oh, near-death experience. Ooh. Whoa. I'm trying to think if there's any other, like, little tidbitty things that are important before then, because Quillerin does a lot of, like, oh, Arch calls and says, oh, we didn't even talk to Derek, or we didn't even talk about Derek. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find where he comes in, and did he, oh, he does, here. <laughs> Right here. I just, oh, right here, just, where none of us can see. <laughs> right here, where none of us can see. Yeah, so Quillerian is, yeah, so I. it's while he's at a restaurant. Well, yeah, that makes sense, because Derek is working at a restaurant. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm yes, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, he... Reading through the, uh, the Moose County something, and we're getting, like, a bunch of letters to the editor. Um, oh, right, about, yeah. Uh, the island and whether or not it's worth visiting and people are you know like obviously ridiculous when they talk about whether they're recommending something or not so it's like yeah it was a short ferry ride like great loved it super happy and then like one person is like no it's terrible like there's nowhere to like camp (laughs) right and so anyway it's yeah just people being absurd and touristy um then i think he meets up with Derek like right then i think he's a waiter right yeah so quillerin notoriously cannot cook for himself or refuses to and so he has been going to the that hotel restaurant and bar for the last like as long as he's been there week i think at this point and so this time he is having dinner with his friend again. And that's the time that all of this other stuff comes up. He kind of hits on the pirate stuff and hits on the, you know, tensions between the locals and XYZ enterprises and what they're doing. And this guy, his friend is kind of like, yeah, I mean, I would care if like I wasn't getting yelled at by Don Exbridge every day. And like, they just sunk a lot of money into this. And like, I, you know, whatever, whatever. And it's at that dinner that Derek... I think his last name is Cuddlebrink, which is also really great. Kind of just all of a sudden Quillerin's like, why am I seeing a seven foot tall waiter? And it's Derek. And he's like so excited to see Derek. And then he pretty immediately is like, oh, this will work to my advantage. Like even in the Mm -hmm. first few seconds of them talking, he's like, hey, do you want to do a job for me? Oh, because Derek is saying like, oh, it doesn't pay super well, but it's like a nice vacation-y type job. And Quillerin's like, oh, hey, you want a side job? And Derek's like, do I? <laughs> and so then they form a little pact. And Derek apparently whispers to Quillerin in a little covert way that he gets off at 1030 and that uh, he will meet Quillerin at his place at the Domino Inn. Oh. And I think that's it from the dinner. I don't think anything else really too important happens there. Just kind of that, like, we get a little more glimpse into, like, we didn't know that Don Exbridge was not a great boss. Um, Quillerin's friend kind of lets that information go. And also it's another point where like the pirate theme stuff comes up and they kind of, he kind of doesn't really care that the 
the locals hate that as much as they do and that it's historically inaccurate. Mm-hmm. And I think Quillerin's kind of like fishing for that to be like, oh, this look, cause you know, he's kind of a curmudgeon. And so he, I think even this early was like, oh, oh, right. Cause he had already mentioned it to Harriet was like still thinking about writing about this for the newspaper. And of course everyone is like, no, don't do it. Mm-hmm. And like, he doesn't really mention it to his friend, but I think he's kind of still fishing for that kind of stuff. But then, yeah, the dinner ends, and then he goes and meets Derek and has a little chitty chat about bringing him on as his own little private eye. And uh, he basically basically kind of lays out all the mysteries that we already have. And he's like, no one will talk to me because I'm obviously a journalist. But he's like, if someone on the inside could just casually be like, oh, hey, that guy that, like, got so dr- oh that was the other thing i don't know if we mentioned that the guy that blew up in the boat apparently he had been like really heavily drinking and was probably drunk um, i thought that was the guy who drowned oh that re- that's right there was a guy who drowned too oh yeah there was a whole that's right there's a whole separate other thing man there's a lot of mishaps happening <laughs> yeah i'm also reading so before quillerin even meets up with Derek, he runs into dwight who is don his friend who works for don Expert. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And they talk about all of these things that I forgot were happening. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, like the the environmentalists that had come and, like, picketed the entire island. Oh, were, like, yeah. picketing the downtown area. Um, and also that Don Xbridge is, like, trying he's I think he's like back on the mainland and he's like lobbying for them to come and like spray the entire island for mosquitoes oh yeah which is like what the environmentalists are like I mean they're concerned about a couple of things but I think like that's one of the like main concerns that they're like going to basically like nuke the entire island for bugs right oh that's right and then, oh my god, there was something else that I... Oh, Quillerin mentions the antique shop again. Oh, yeah. Um, antiques by set. Yes, antiques by set. <laughs> and Dwight w- was like... Cause Quillerin was like why, like, why does no one go in there? Like, it's a great shop. And Dwight was like, oh, you know, her prices are expensive. Like, I remember something similar happen- happening in the down below. And it was like a front for something else. Like, could be the same thing here. Oh like my god, just, that's right. You know, and <laughs> so um just more more mysteries to uh to unfold later. We're only getting questions, no answers. We're only getting questions. Literally none of it has I feel like there's so many like little dots to connect and none of them have been connected as of yet. No, they just they're just more dots. They just keep popping up. Maybe Derek will get us some good information in the next section. Yeah, Derek, help us. Help us out, man. We also don't know how much Derek's getting paid. Maybe that'll be settled up at the end. Yeah, um, we also don't know why he is not allowed to wear a gold earring because he's he's supposed to be a pirate. Oh, right. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. And apparently his costume, he was like, I think I should have an earring, but no one will let me wear an earring. Ooh, baby, so, that's a blue clue. Yeah, big ol' big ol' mystery there. Yeah, so Derek is on boarded as a spy for Quillerin, and Derek's pretty pretty on board pretty fast. He's like, Oh yeah, I have questions too now. Yeah. Quillerin's like, you get the idea. And then yeah, after that we get the lead up to our near death experience. Mm-hmm. 
which I think is like kind of it wraps up what the end of what happens in this chapter. It's a lot of like other little little bits here and there. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of errands. Quillard runs a lot of errands. So he gets a phone call the next morning from Arch. It's still raining and Quillard is super annoyed. He has to run through the rain to get to the phone. And then Arch is just like, hey, Mildred and I are coming out for the weekend. And Quillard's mm-hmm. like, I almost drowned. Get here. He's so dramatic, Quillerin. I know, for sure. Um, so they have their little typical friendly tete-a-tete. And uh, then Quillerin kind of pretty quickly is like, oh, I need to find them a place they can't stay at the Domino Inn. They're too fancy. So he sets out on this little mission he has given himself. Well, Arch kind of gives it to him, too. Arch is like, hey, find us a place. And so he decides to go to the it's not Harriet's cafe it's somewhere else it's the oh it's the vacationer it's the happy vacationer or the vacation helper help helping vacation uh, I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> I think I said it right the earlier in the episode but now I can't remember what it's actually called um it's that play that little like general store type place that oh. has the one where he keeps getting his shirts ironed yes yeah Yes. Vacation helper. I think it's vacation helper. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but I am imagining the little there was a, a place where I um got my laundry done in Thailand when I was studying oh. abroad. And I am imagining that place. It was like literally like the side of a building and it was like a window and I just went with my bag of laundry and it would be like laundry and they'd be like okay and they would take it and turn around and like they had like a little room that's what I'm imagining this oh. is, but I don't think that's true <laughs> well I mean it's kind of similar they do they do have that kind of feel of like the, they'll do anything because later Quiller has them deliver something back to a person that he could have just walked to their house and put in their mailbox and he's there and they even offer to gift wrap it for him to deliver it. And he's like, no, no, don't gift wrap it. He literally says, don't make it look like a homemade bomb, which is... Fancy. Oh, or too sketchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that is where... Yeah, so Quillerin lays out all of his clothes for the day. He's like, oh, if I'm going to these fancy bed and breakfasts, I should probably wear something fancy. Mm-hmm. And so he like lays out his clothes, goes to breakfast, comes back, and all of his clothes are scattered everywhere, and the cat's <laughs> running amok and being crazy, and he can't even find half of his clothes. He's, like, crawling under the bed, and, like, everything's crumpled up in little balls, and he's like, you rascals! Uh-huh. So that's when he has to pick his second best outfit, and then take that to his first best outfit to the happy vacationer. Vacation helper! Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, to get it dry cleaned and uh, I don't think we get any information there we just get like a little sassy banter between him and the um, the woman who works there um, oh we do also get another little moment where Quillerin is like I think it was maybe back when the cats were playing he was playing dominoes with the cats and he was like oh I just when's the next time I'm going to talk to Polly and it's like I don't know but it's kind of your fault that she doesn't even know you're on this island to even call you how is he expecting her to like figure out that he's on vacation and like in a different place and send him something there yeah when he has gone to every length to make sure she didn't know that he was gone like Quillerin Quillerin 
Just a needy bitch. (laughs) He is a needy bitch. I think we actually (laughs) called him a a basic vacation bitch last time, which I liked. So, yeah, so he he goes on his little walk. And, like, I actually kind of missed the actual timeline of this, but there was something about the fact that he's he's laid up by the cats that like I think is is he trying to say that because he so basically he tries to go to this bed and breakfast and I think the bed and breakfast isn't open yet or something kind of stops him from going there first and he's like oh all right I'll or maybe it was just the clothes and he was like all right I'll go on the hike I'll like do this like little nature hike that people have been talking about at the domino inn Mm -hmm. so he does that and that's where he stumbles upon Oh, I forget her name. I don't like... remember her name either. <laughs> it's the like mermaid lady. Yeah, she looks apparently looks like a mermaid. Yeah, she looks apparently a little unhealthy, unhealthily thin, but that's also coming from Quillerin, so we'll see if that's even a thing. Yeah. Um, but so he comes upon her and he's like, "Oh, I didn't know anyone was here," or like whatever. And he kind of creepily watches her from a bush. Did I read that wrong? Yeah, no, I I totally think that's what's happening. He, like, kind of comes out of the woods, but, like, not completely. And he sees her, like, in a field kind of, like, n- not super far away, but, like, far-ish away. And he's like, oh, sexy lady. Yeah. And she's, like, apparently in, like, a really, like, long, like, flowy gown with, like, long, flowy hair, and she's just kind of, like, very wispy and, like, graceful and, like, lovely and far away. And he's like, ooh, a woodland nymph. (laughs) Um, So he, yeah, he does kind of creepily watch her from far away, but then she immediately starts screaming because she got, um, she gets bitten by a snake. (laughs) Yep, yep, (laughs) she's been pawn around in the in the foliage apparently she's been kind of like well we learn later Claren finds her notebook and so she's been kind of documenting different the flora and fauna type situation mm-hmm. while she's like rooting around in the ground a snake bites her and so yeah she starts screaming and Quillerin runs up grabs her and is like you know just kind of running with her and is like where do you live and um, apparently he as he's walking through this like nature path that apparently goes through the rich part of the island. He had actually passed her house, convenient. Um, mm-hmm. And she's like, the pines. And he's like, I saw that coming up. And so he like runs her over there. And yeah, I think like you said last episode. Um, yeah, I immediately hated almost all of these characters. I mean, I'll give her a pass because she seemed under duress. But yeah, <laughs> yeah the yeah, two we, dude bros that were we there like golfing. Right. So we we don't know anything about her she seems fine I guess currently in her you know botanist and then like dying state <laughs> oh right yeah um but yeah she's like oh take me to you know my house or family or whatever like whoever she was calling for was like a significant other or a brother or I can't remember how they were connected but um, she was like, he, he's a doctor, just take me there. Yeah. So Torin does, and he finds them, and they're, like, playing golf or something. They're, like, in a, like, cart or, like, I don't know what's going on. But he's like, hey, here's your, like, someone. 
important to you and they're like oh look at that mm, interesting indeed they're so <laughs> like, fucking casual it's so yeah. annoying and he's like uh she was uh bitten by a snake and they're like yeah i guess i guess we'll take her yeah sure why not yeah and then he even disses which like quillerin also doesn't like the domino in but he disses the domino in because he's like the dude bro is says something about like oh do you live around here and he's like no i'm just traveling i'm staying at the domino inn and the guy like legitimately is like oh my god people stay there that place is gross kind of thing mm-hmm. and Lauren's like hey fuck off with that like i can say that but you can't say that <laughs> yeah yeah i think there there like literally wasn't any conversation after that quillerin was just like hope your friend's okay and leaves <laughs> yeah quillerin literally like books it out of there after that he like, like crossed bye. a big quillerin no-no <laughs> yeah code of quiller and code of ethics for sure so yeah so after that quiller in um you know is like all right i'm on my way now i guess i have done my good deed for the day but then he finds that's when he finds her um her journal and so he picks that up and of course rifles through it but mm-hmm. right after that he does go to the um the oh that's what it is okay i think i just figured this out in my head it was literally <laughs> just the, the clothes because Quillerin goes back to the Domino Inn, takes a shower, puts on his better clothes, not his hiking clothes, and then goes back out to the bed and breakfast that he wants to book for uh, Arch and Mildred. Yes. So it was the cats getting his clothes all, you know, misshapen and whatnot. And uh, even then he like kind of wonders later that night if they were just messing around or if they could have somehow known that because Quillard wouldn't have been there to help her if he had mm-hmm. gone straight to the, you know, right. you know, you get my gist. Right. Um, but yeah, so he picks up her notebook, he goes and showers, and then he goes to the um, the fancy bed and breakfast with two <laughs> widows that run it. Yeah. And they have close to three bottles of champagne themselves <laughs> during the course of this visit. Yes. Yeah. Which if honestly I, power to him i know i was gonna say if i live to be this long and also inherit like a bajillion dollars i would like to be these two ladies yeah they definitely seemed like they were living their best lives yeah they were like we don't have anything else to do like we're retired we used to be rich we moved away and then we were like you know what fuck it let's just buy a bed and breakfast on an island that we like Yep, they were like, our husbands are dead, what now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, so they're just, like, living in a fancy bed and breakfast that they take care of and just kind of chill there in their, like, old vacation stomping grounds. Oh, yeah, right, because they were apart. We do get a little bit of info from them that I think will probably come around, but it doesn't seem too interesting right now. Mm -hmm. Um. Their husband, well, they, with their husbands, were a part of the uh, Grand Island Club. And it turns out that they give away the information that when they, um, so when their husbands died, they both wanted to sell their property and go travel and see different places. And they both of them said their children started liking the Caymans more than Breakfast Island, which is hysterical because if I had a preference of islands, I don't know how much money I would have. Um, but they, so yeah, they were trying to sell their property and, um, when they tried to do that, they 
basically framed it as like we had to sell our membership in the Grand Island Club. And Quilleran's like, what does that mean? And they were like, well, in our contract, like in the actual like housing purchase agreement or whatever happens when you buy a house, I clearly don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever they signed said that they actually had to sell the house back to the original Grand Island Club owners themselves and at like a much lower price than what it's actually worth. Which, I mean, that's motive for something. Mm-hmm. But I don't think these two boozy bitches did anything. I think they're just fun boozy bitches. Yeah, for sure. But Quilleran also pulls a fun little prank on Arch. Do you remember what it is? I don't. <laughs> so Quilleran, I mean, it's like loosely termed a prank. I feel like he just is strong arming his friend into spending more money than he would like to. Oh, uh, for sure. Because Quillerin is like looking through the different like rooms that the bed and breakfast has because Arch told him to reserve him and Mildred a room. And Quillerin books him the most expensive room and is like really gleeful about it. And it's like mm. he's always making fun of me for being so tight on money and like, you know, I know he can um I know he can afford it, blah blah blah. And so he books him the most expensive room in the air or the airbnb in the bed and breakfast yeah i mean he <laughs> yeah i know i remember that and um but he was also like oh arch is gonna hate this because it's so expensive but mildred's gonna love this because it's like fancy yeah like fancy shit right here <laughs> and quillerin definitely did do a good job like everything he was looking at he was like yep mildred will love that mildred will love mm-hmm. that mildred will love that and then he did apparently there was like a whiskey hour or a bourbon hour or something that was he was like arch will love that mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he's kind of doing a good job just, but yeah he's thinking of them he just you know like i feel like it's one of those things where like if your friend's gonna book you something they're gonna like think of all the things that you like and like try to check all of the boxes whereas if you're booking something for yourself you like set a price tag and you're like all right I'll check like one of these like five boxes yeah it will have a roof and a lock and that will be it (laughs) yeah it's like I'll you know like I'll or I'll stay somewhere that's like within walking distance of the whiskey hour I don't have to have the whiskey hour in my room you know whereas your friend's gonna be like fucking bring it to their room (laughs) Bring that whiskey hour to them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. And then I think that's it. He picks up his dry cleaning. Well, and then... we also get a little um a little bit more information about the the mermaid lady that he saved. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of like general like rich people island gossip. Apparently she's like the unmarried daughter. So I guess it was a brother that yeah. she taken to. Um, I think she's the youngest too because he said um, thank you for saving my baby sister or I guess I should thank you for saving my baby sister. Yeah it sounds like she's the only the only girl of the family. Yeah. Yes. Oh and the the lady who told him to take a banana. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah it she turns out to be important. Yeah, she's tied in um, because she was, um, like, she's, like, a retired teacher, I think, and the the daughter who got bitten by a snake, the, the rich people daughter, the heiress, yes. um, was a student of hers, so the, the two 
women running the bed and breakfast were like, oh, you should go talk to like so-and-so and, right. you know, she'll want to know that her, you know, like her students here and like doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where we do get that, you know, they were asking like, oh, how, how did she look? And Quillen was like, well, so, I mean, he of course makes fun of the fact that not really makes fun of, but he's like, oh, well, you know, she was bitten <laughs> by a snake, so she doesn't look great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but he did also say, like, well, honestly, I thought she looked a little unhealthy, like, thin-wise. Mm. Um, so that's where we get that. And then they kind of, that seems, according to them, to not be out of character because they say, oh, she's not eating again. Mm. Um, and they kind of give this, like, overview of her as a, or is it them or is it, yeah, maybe, no, sorry, it's the teacher. Yeah, yeah who's like, oh, she, it's really sad. Like she really came out of her shell when, when I first, when she was first in my class, she was really quiet and like really reserved and, you know, seemed like she was going through a lot at home, but I kind of got her to be more engaged and seemed like she really had a future ahead of her. But then apparently it's not really, I don't think she really said what happened, but something happened and then she got pulled back into her family or maybe just over time she got pulled back into her family nonsense. And I think they called it like, her little world um Mm -hmm. which didn't seem too too healthy for her Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so now we have another mystery we have a mystery mermaid woman the mystery mermaid lady literally just more questions than answers yeah so is that it i'm trying to think if there are any other little tidbits that we missed um because I think right after he goes and picks up his uh his shirt yeah I think that was kind of the end of the of everything oh yeah that was at the very end of the chapter because he had been playing this like kind of little cagey flirty game with the woman at the at the uh vacation helper or the help helping vacationer oh my god I'm not gonna get it right I think I got it right (laughs) once and I'll like forget forever which one it was that when he first drops off his clothes, he's like, oh, my roommate destroyed these. And she's like, oh, who's your roommate? Like, she kind of like, you know, oh, are you married or, you know, with someone? And he's like, oh, no, my roommate is four-legged and, you know, gives a couple little clues that it's a pet. And then she starts guessing dog breeds. And is like, oh, you have a Weimariner, which I thought was funny that she said Weimariner. Because we had a Weimariner. Did she? I don't remember that. Yeah, she starts being like, um, oh no, she, no, we had a wine writer. Yeah. No, I forgot that she had guessed that though. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, she, um, she goes through, she goes to wine writer and she goes to, did she say, I don't know, it was some other like big dog breed, like maybe Golden Retriever or something. And he's like, no, no, I'll give you a hint. He has a, a dark mask on. And then she guesses a boxer when he comes back later. And he's like, nope, but I'll let you think some more about it. And then when he comes and picks it up, picks up his clothes for good, she, um, yeah, I think she's like joking, but she guesses that he has a raccoon. <laughs> yeah, which to be honest was like my first guess when he was like, he has a mask on. And I was like, well, everyone's going to guess raccoon. That's the only yeah. animal that has a mask. That doesn't point people towards cat for sure. <laughs> no, I mean I get that Siamese have the like dark face and light body, but like I 
don't think that would, like that doesn't look like a mask. No, I I don't think necessarily it does either. But Quillerin is really obsessed with calling it a mask. He does it at least once a book. Yeah. Well, he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Well, I think that's it. We're going to have to leave you. I mean, I should actually go and feed these monsters. They're acting. They're all yeah. glaring at me. Um, yes. Speaking of feeding, there is, I think, another mystery that's going to happen in the next section. And it has to do Ooh. with meatloaf. So get ready, get ready for that. Because the, the last part of, like, in the last couple of paragraphs of this, Quillerin orders the meatloaf from this like sandwich slash dry cleaner place yeah, this like that... all-purpose market yeah it's the same place yeah because he's he's eaten this like meatloaf sandwich before he had it for like lunch one day but he just ordered um made an order for delivery every once in a while um to his place his room and I think he's planning to feed well I know because I've read a couple chapters <laughs> in he and is planning we to know Quillerin. Yeah, we know Quillerin. So he's planning to feed the cats this meatloaf. Um but I will say as a little cliffhanger, there's something suspicious about this meatloaf. <gasps> uh oh. So we'll see what it is next chapter because I I don't know yet. <laughs> oh okay. Ooh, we get a little teaser, a little meatloaf teaser. We get a little meatloaf teaser because there's no cliffhanger on this section either. <laughs> yeah, there's not really, just a lot of chores. And even the chores get finished, so we can't even cliffhang if he picks up his dry cleaning or not because we know he does. We know he does. Yeah, so this meatloaf is sketchy and the cats don't like it for some reason. <laughs> I have my suspicions. All right. Well, we also have a lot of mysteries to start wrapping up in the next two sections. Mm -hmm. So keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Sorry for all my sniffles. Hopefully I'll be better. But I can't wait to... Oh, Mushu. Mushu made an appearance, guys. Oh. And then, yeah, just thanks, everyone. Um, We'll see you online until the next episode. And pet your kitties for us. And your puppies. And all your little animals. Yeah. And your ghosts. Oh, and your ghosts. (laughs) Okay, only with the ghosts' consent. (laughs) Yes. That could go horribly amiss. (laughs) Um, And I am going to go NyQuil myself to bed. (laughs) Yeah, go do something for yourself. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye.